want to thank Serve Pro of Beechwood, our newest sponsor, and Jack Coslin, the owner. They serve all of Northeast Ohio, not just Beechwood. They specialize in disaster cleanup that leaves your home or office like new, like it never happened. Flood and water damage, fire, mold, and they say even blood and guts. Not just any Serve Pro. Seek out Serve Pro of Beechwood. That's Serve Pro Beechwood, ShakerHeightsClevenHeights.com, 216-464-4498. Operated by a former All-State wrestler from Beechwood, we love Serve Pro of Beechwood. Blood Time, the podcast that speaks to the bond, the emotion between coach and athlete at the interscholastic and intercollegiate level. Each interview, each segment will reveal that bond and what was learned, how they were transformed, and what each athlete took to the world at large from that transformation. These stories will warm your heart and astound you all together. Submitted for your approval, now it is blood time. Hey guys, this is Coach Cimarroni. It's blood time. The next episode, I want to thank my last guest, Tom Evans, the superintendent at the Cuyahoga Heights High School and School System. Tom is also not only a superintendent, but also the head wrestling coach at Berea and Illyria. So he gave us a perspective that was both uh, administrative as well as coaching, particularly coming out of this uh, protracted uh, quarantine that we have with the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, Great perspective, very passionate. We loved uh, Tom Evans and uh, thanks, Tom Evans. Today, I have an unbelievable athlete, uh, terrific uh, individual, and a two-time NCAA champion, three-time finalist, four-time All-American, four-time New York State champ, and an Ivy League uh, MVP and Rookie of the Year, Gabriel Dean. Hey, Gabe. Good. How are are you guys doing? Thanks for having me on. Real, Real good, man. Thank you so much for coming on out of Ithaca, New York, right? Yeah, that's correct. How's the weather up there? We had snow here yesterday. We also had snow um, here yesterday. It was, um, man, 2020 is off to a hot start right now. It's crazy, right? But uh, anyhow, I I was uh, talking to you off air about my nephew, Matt Guerreri, who's the defensive coordinator down at Duke. And uh, we went up to Ithaca. He was uh, being recruited by the Ivies back in 2007. And I got a chance to visit your campus. It is a stunning campus. Yeah, you know, I, I, when I'm doing recruiting, you know, tours and visits and stuff like that, I, I don't really have to say much, you know, I just walk them around uh, campus and, and they get to see for themselves, you know, what the Finger Lake region is like in Cornell and sitting up on the hill overlooking the bottom of Cayuga Lake is, you know, I, I say it all, you know, I say it all the time, you know, I've been to a lot of college campuses in my time and, Mm-hmm. There's just no other place that I've seen that really compares to, you know, Ithaca and Cornell. So call me biased, but I, uh, I, um, that's how that's what I believe. Well, I'll tell you, Cornell is gorgeous. That not only the the ravines, the lakes, the 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 mountains, if you will, but also too, you have a five star hotel on campus, correct? Yeah, yeah, the Statler Hotel uh-huh. um, sits right right in the middle of campus. You know, so many different people stayed at that actually. I was uh there was one day where I was coming out going to class and 
saw a crowd of people following this this guy and as i got closer i realized denzel washington was walking out of the statler hotel and oh wow you know, you know there's just statler hotel is incredible my parents stay there a lot of times when they come onto campus and um you know it's it's pretty it's a pretty neat place it's cool and, and isn't there like an entire um degree coming out of there so they so that the degreed individuals work there as well right get real life yeah, experience so, so when i was in college there was the College of Hotel Administration, and then the Dyson School of Business was in the College of Agricultural and Life Sciences. It was sure. under that umbrella. But then they just recently created the uh, College of Business, and they brought our MBA program uh, in the Johnson School together with the Hotel Administration College, and then they put the Dyson um, focus in there as well. So now we have a College of Business, um, and the Hotel Administration piece has kind of formed with that. But before it formed with those, I mean, it's a top 10 program in the world, but before that it was the number one hotel administration program in the world. And, and it still is. If you single it out, it, the college was the best though. Yeah. You know, the whole the, across the globe. So what right. it's kind of unique is about the Statler hotel. When you walk through it, you notice that everybody doing the, the positions and the jobs are mostly students. Sure. Um, almost, almost all of them are students, the chefs, the, cleaning people, the, the check-in, the valet, and uh, it's because the hotel, you know, like a chemistry, you have a lab. Right. Uh, you know, for it. Well, hotel administration, if you're going into hotel administration specifically, your labs are um, learning firsthand and actually running the uh, Statler Hotel. So the students actually run the hotel overseen by um, senior level administration. So they're it's it's actually kind of neat um, how they set that up, and they, those kids, you know, get to learn firsthand, you know, every single aspect of, you know, running a hotel. So that's why it's you know the number one program in the world. It's brilliant. I, I had a great experience there, and it's also pragmatic, and it's and you know particularly with today with you know people saying, "What is my degree for? Am I wasting my money?" You're not wasting your money at Cornell. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's uh, Cornell is. I'm sure we'll speak about it, but Cornell is, you know, unique in the sense it's all need-based, it's all financial aid. There's no athletic scholarships, right? Uh, so it's it's truly an investment, depending on you know your income level. But you know, I, you know, I didn't, I, I by no means did, you know, me and my, you know, my parents, my parents had to pay a good chunk of money for me to and my brother now to, you know, wrestle sure. to wrestle here. But we would never tell you that it wasn't worth the investment. I mean, it's worth every penny and more. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's definitely worth the investment if you can make it work with your family. That's awesome. Well, you know, um, I'll tell you, Gabe, the, uh, I was, of course, very impressed by that and you've, uh, uh, solidified that. But before I get into the meat of the, 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 uh, interview, I do want to wish everybody out there that's a mother, happy mother's day. We're doing this Absolutely. on mother's day. So to my mother, to your mother, to everybody else, that's a mother, uh, we really love you. <laughs> so the most important day of the year. Indeed. Was, without uh, question. They, they are definitely the hand that rocks the cradle, my friend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm definitely, if you, uh, if you know me well, you know, I'm, I'm a mama's boy and me too. I, uh, I definitely, you know, my mother has been nothing but a rock and a solid foundation for our family. You want to want to give a, a personal shout out? Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to my mom. Okay. Uh, love you so much, and uh, also, you know, to my grandmother and right. my my aunts. Uh, you know, just wonderful people. I uh, feel blessed to be part of the the Dean um, Cummings and Shoots uh, family. So 
Shout out to them. Well, we're glad that your mother had you. <laughs> so, <laughs> on to that. Uh, you know, speaking of that, uh, the the whole meat of blood time, Dean uh, Gabriel, is that uh, we um, have a core of individuals or individuals that really get to us to transform us to say you know to to the athletes we can do this who was that or who were those people that transformed gabriel dean into the world-class wrestler and an individual you are oh, i mean the first and the first and foremost were my parents um, awesome you know my dad definitely gets most of the credit because of his wrestling background and his history but you know my mom you know, she had this thing where ever since I can remember when I was competing, um, and call it cheesy if you want, but it definitely means a lot to a young man uh, when and a young a young kid when they know this is. She would always t- tell me before anytime I stepped on the mat, the field. You know, I played basketball through fifth grade, so sure. on the court, she would tell me, you know, Gabriel, I, I'm so proud of you and I love you. And uh, I mean, just so you, the context behind that was it allowed me to, as a kid, to really have faith and understand that, you know, my mom and, and my dad, both, they weren't results-driven parents. They were, um, they looked at sports as a, as a teaching tool to develop their children. Sure. Um, so ever since I was a kid, uh, sports have been a foundation of learning for my, myself, my brother, and, and my sister to experience adversity at a young age and have to continually overcome those adverse moments and those failures to help shape, you know, who we are and the kind of person and ultimately the, the ultimate goal, the kind of people that we become. So, um, so my parents really understood that clearly ever since I was a little kid, um, that sports were going to serve as that piece, not as a piece for me to go in and win championships. Of course, they sure. wanted me to do that and they wanted that for me because they knew how bad I wanted that, but it was a bigger picture for them. And I just really, really, you know, appreciate that because every, one day we're all going to be 50, 60 years old and we're going to want to have relationships with our kids and our grandkids. And, you know, the foundation that you set with your children at a young age and what you're teaching them can directly impact that someday um, in the most important thing. So, you know, though my parents did a wonderful job of that, uh, understanding that for me. Um, mm-hmm. And then my, I would say my grandpa, you know, I was about ever since I could really five, six, seven years old. Sure. Um, I remember he would bring me to work sites. You know, he was he, he started a lawn care business as kind of a fun retirement gig, and okay. you know, he he would bring me along, and he really taught me, you know, outside of the sports, the the meaning of work ethic and uh, how important that was to your life. Um, he was raised in an Irish family on a farm, mm-hmm. and you know, worked his whole life since he would. Could, pretty much walk so he wanted to really instill that into his grandkids so he would take me to these jobs and he'd have me move rocks and wow he talked about you you know mow the lawns and you know do all these kind of things probably since i was six seven eight years old which you know probably shouldn't say publicly because you probably shouldn't be pushing a lawn (laughs) hey i was believe me i know that feeling you know coming from an italian family we know landscaping (laughs) i remember you know he would always have he would always have uh coca-cola no sure. matter what you know sure. in, the, in the truck and i'd hop in and, and he'd have a little mini mini coke wait for me and he'd be like oh, roadrunner is 
Yep. There's one thing that I'm going to teach you, and he calls me Roadrunner. He's okay. never called me Gabe. That's my nickname. He has a nickname for every single one of his grandkids. And, uh, Love it. So Roadrunner, there's, there's one thing that I'm going to teach you. It's going to be how to work hard. And, um, you know, I, I, I would say, you know, those those three people directly impacted me um, and mentored me until, you know, I got to college. And then uh, when when I got to college, my first immediate mentor was Cam Simez. Okay. Uh, he was four-time All-American National Champ from Cornell. And, he met, he mentored me by um, pretty much beating the the hell out of me sure. every single day. Gotcha. Uh, but, then, but then building me back up uh, right. and giving me uh, a path to follow, and then and then Damian Hahn uh, really stepped into the role after Cam tortured me my first year, <laughs> and um, you know really started developing a really strong relationship with him. Well, he came uh, from a pretty story program too at the Gophers, right? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was part of that team that had 10 All-Americans and wow. no national camps, but they won the national title because they had 10 All-Americans. And sure. he, uh, you know, he really understood uh, how important it was for my development, not just as a wrestler, but as a, as a leader, as a captain, as a, you know, a person that was becoming that in, in, my, in our team. And, um, you know, he helped guide that with his experience. And I became very close with his wife. And his two boys that, you know, he had during the time, you know, kind of had during the time that I was here. And right. Just uh, just a wonderful man, uh, incredibly loyal. True. And uh, never doubted for a second every time I looked over into that corner that he didn't have my back. That's so, awesome. That is so important. That symbiotic relationship that you just are like one. It's, it's so incredibly yeah. important. Yeah, we got to that point where he knew what was going through my head. And I knew what was going through his head, you know, just by the looks. You sure. Know, and so... Yeah. Um, it was yep. a very incredible working relationship. And, you know, Mike Gray was kind of my, my secondhand man, you know, worked with me technically, right. um, really developed a lot of my technique. Probably one of the best technicians I've ever been around in the sport is Mike Gray. And, sure. um, you know, he would wrestle with me and, I mean, he's 145 pounds dripping wet, you know, and right. he'd get in there and he'd still roll right. around with me and work on me, with me and, uh, you know, just, uh, just a selfless human being and been blessed to now coach with him for a couple of years and he's our associate head coach. So it's, uh, you know, I've been very lucky. I've been surrounded by wonderful people that have helped shape me into the man that I am. And, um, you know, those are just the ones that stand out. But there's been plenty of people. Rob Cole himself. Sure. Um, especially now on the coaching side. You know, everybody asks me what it's like to work for Rob Cole. He's kind of a legendary figure in our sport. And, That's um, definitely the right word. Legendary. No question. And, and you know, I don't think. And I'll be the, I, I, I say this all the time, you know, you talk about the greatest head coaches in our sport and the media ones that jump to mind are Dan Gable and, you know, Cal Sanderson's obviously made a name for himself. The brands sure. have done well. Um, but the thing to me is, is Rob Cole, you know, and, you, and I'm completely biased, don't get me wrong, but right. he could arguably be the greatest head coach in our sport based upon what he took and developed here at Cornell. No doubt. Uh, no doubt. I would like to see other men step into that role and do what he has done um, here. So, you know, to take a place like Cornell, where I remember, you know, he he shows me pictures, but they were they wrestled in this little box in Teagle Hall. Sure. And now, uh, being another middle of a five million dollar another uh, standalone Freeman expansion building expansion right now is for wrestling is just it's incredible, and you know the teams that he's put together and the staffs that he's had. I just I, I and and what I've been able to learn from the man just past the X's and O's of wrestling, just on the administrative side and how he runs his program is is second to none. So um, when you ask me who the greatest head coaches are, Rob Cole is definitely in that mix. You know, and that's such a great point too, uh, Gabe, because I'll tell you what, 
Um, my nephew, Matt Guerrero, um, is lucky enough to have David Cutcliffe as his head coach in football at Duke. Think about how, you know, and they make a bowl, bowl, bowl game almost every year, and it's so hard. Uh, Stanford, the same type of thing, you know. So you guys are kind of in that same mix, to, and that's where Rob's brilliance and excellence shines through is because, you you, you know, it's it's a tougher situation than – than a, like at a Penn State. But also, too, you know, you've got guys that are doing great jobs like Tom Ryan, too, over Ohio State and, you know, some of the other guys in the Big Ten. And, and I just really appreciate what Rob does and what you guys are doing at Cornell because I think it is very tough to do. Yeah, you know, one is there, our recruiting pool is so small because you have to have a kid that has the right – that fits academically. And if he fits academically, then, you know, does he fall into the right income bracket sure. in order to receive financial aid to make it affordable? And I, you know, and I had a um, a guy here, a great guy. Actually, I coached him at John Carroll University, John Gramuglia, who's the head retired head coach at uh, Wadsworth. And you've got one of uh, his guys down there, Ben uh, Darmstead, correct? Oh well, Ben Ben is a Elyria guy, but uh, oh, Elyria guy, Noah, that's right. Yeah, Noah Ballman is the Noah Ballman. That's it. My bad. Yeah, My bad. It's yeah, Wadsworth is the Wadsworth young man who um, just graduated this past year. Um, Finally made the national tournament. Right. Uh, heartbreaking that he couldn't actually finish his career there, but has uh, had an internship with Citibank through um, one of our Cornell Fantastic. Um, connections, and then um, now has a full time job with Citibank uh, in New York City. Um, he'll start his investment banking career uh, here shortly. So that's awesome. Just um, a wonderful young man. Um, great to have him part of our program, and uh, definitely going to go on and and do extremely well for himself. Sure. Uh, so he's a really intelligent kid that um, I'm excited to see how his future unfolds. That's And that's what this is all about, too, blood time, you know, is to create that family and to create that opportunity and then to pay it forward. And I'm sure once he gets out there and, and starts uh, bringing in some cheddar, he may give something back to Cornell and to the sport, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 No, I think, I think Rob's pretty pumped about his position, uh, you know. It's awesome. That he's, he, not only is he going to be – super successful for his own life and be able to take care of his family someday. But also, mm. you know, I'm sure uh, Rob will be hitting him up here in not too long. So. I love that. I love <laughs> that. That's fantastic. You know, and, and I, and I want to mention too, that you have a podcast of your own, the Dean's list and you just interviewed Lee Kemp. Yeah. Yeah. We had, yeah. Lee, we had Lee on. I've been extremely lucky. I fell into a situation where, you know, I, I have a producer, I have, you know, a, a team of three people that, you know, pour their heart and soul into this. Um, sure. He, a really good friend of mine um, who wanted to do it. And uh, it was that, you know, quarantine time is kind of the time to do it, you know. And so right. we went at it hard and we really just wanted to provide free content for people to enjoy when they're at home right now during these tough times and cool stories. So um, that's our, that was, that's been our whole, whole goal of the podcast to provide for people. That's awesome. And, you know, in, interesting, um, we were talking about, uh, you know, mentors and wrestling, uh, you know, wrestling uh, leaders, uh, but also in the room, there's that uh, drill partner. And Lee was talking about in his interview that one of the most important guys in his entire wrestling career was his drill partner at University of Wisconsin, who wasn't the greatest of wrestlers. Matter of fact, Lee used to beat the crap out of him every day, but he was there every day, giving it his all, being that tough, you know, takedown and working to, to the nth degree, never really doing much in his career, but really giving to Lee. Was there anybody like that in your, your career? Have you seen anybody like that in the wrestling room at Cornell, you know, that just is just a hard working dude? Uh, currently or when 
when I was wrestling. When you were wrestling. When I was wrestling, um, well, first, you know, the guy that just that, that kind of blew me away was Cam Simes. Mm-hmm. Um, just just totally inspired me to want to wrestle like him. He, sure. I remember my senior year in high school, he came back. He was a senior in college, ranked number one in the country, and he wrestled with me, and he just, it's about an hour and a half, just just absolutely just terrorized me. <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, there's a lot of thoughts going through your head as a young man. When that happens to you, you're like, yep. well, uh, one, I'm terrible at wrestling, a lot worse than I thought, two, um, <laughs> You know, how do I ever get on that level? But right. the thing that for me is that if I was inspired by it, I was like, you know, I want to wrestle like Cam Simons. And sure. I wasn't going to wrestle exactly like him. He was long and he had ankle picks and stuff like that. And I'm not, I'm not too lengthy. So, right. um, you know, he, we started to develop this style and he coached me and he taught me how to wrestle that way. And this mentality that you have to have. And then, um, you know, Cam, there's no doubt. I mean, every day when I, my first year at Cornell, Cam was there and he right. was ready to, just, and he was ready to go. And, um, you know, I, he was kind of my first guy. And then I think throughout the middle and later part of my career, the, the guys that I started to really work out with that were incredibly important to me were guys like Brian Wilbuto and, you know, oh, guys yeah. like Scott, guys like Jace Bennett, guys like, um, you know, these guys that would, would wrestle with me. Um, Damien would jump in there, but, you know, near, near the end of my career started to, you know, sit, just jump into the live part. He didn't definitely want to drill with me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I was lucky enough to have training partners and then, you know, some of the young guys, you know, my, my, you know, Ben Hannes wrestled with me all the time. Right. Um, and he was an all American his senior year, you know, this, you know, I, I would say Brian Robuto, my senior year was probably the guy that I wrestled with the most. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I, there's not like one single person, but I had definitely a lot of guys that, you know, were willing to work out with me and be there for me. Well, and then you also have two of the greatest, you know, in the world right now, right? In, in, uh, Yanni and, and Kyle, Are they in the room. What's, what's going on with those guys? Yeah. So, I mean, no one's allowed in our wrestling center right now. So they, sure, have, their, of course. they, have, their, they have their garages, uh, set up, um, right. and they're working out in their garages, um, yeah, and you know, we, you know, Yanni is obviously a very special athlete, and Kyle's obviously who he is. Right. Um, and you know, we got so much young talent coming in, and we also have, you know, great, great upperweights too. We have, you know, we have tough guys all around. I, uh, Nation Garrett's training here right now. Sure. Too. Vito Ruja is obviously an animal. Uh, you know, my brother has done very well. Ben Darmstadt is here. Right. Um, you know, we, you know, we had national qualifiers at, you know, their backups this year were national qualifiers, you know, Matt and John. I mean, it's just, it's an exciting time to be a part of our program. I think we're about to really go on some special runs here. Um, we just, if we take care of our business, so you're deep, there's no question you're deep. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah kind of the first time Rob was, Rob Cole was saying kind of the first time and he's really felt like his team, his team was as deep as it is now. Well, you so, guys are in the top ten in the last, I don't know how many years. I mean, I know you took seventh, was it last last year? We haven't. Yeah, we took seventh last year. We haven't been out of the top ten. I think between fifteen and seventeen years. Wow! So that's fantastic. Yeah, that is a been run. Incredible run. That is a run. Hey, I want to welcome our newest sponsor, Antonio Nicholson from Nicholson Law, this former state place winner from Solon High School and captain of the Cleveland State University team. 
is a attorney that handles criminal cases, everything from minor misdemeanors to felonies of the first degree. He also does custody, civil, and personal injury cases, and he's been doing this for six years. He's a former public defender, and his motto is always and forever protector of the people. He wants to offer a 10% discount to all athletes former and present if they retain his services. Nicholson Law at 216-774-4774. That's 216-774-4774. Antonio Nicholson, Nicholson Law. You know, in your own career, you've beat the best of the best. And, uh, you know, and then your senior year uh, lost a really tough heartbreaker uh, going for your third national title. Tell me a little bit about the difference uh, that you felt in, in, you know, beating an Ed Ruth and then having having that uh, heartbreaker to Bo. Um, you know, for you know, I want to give credit to Ed Ruth. Uh, you know, for 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 him to build himself onto that kind of platform never gives an opportunity for a young freshman like myself to knock him off. So sure, you know, for him to be as great of an athlete as he was, you know, it's just. Uh, it's an incredible, it's incredible what he did in the sport of wrestling. And I think he's one of those guys that you talk about that, you know, changed the game a little bit. He um, looked so like, he was like Michael Jordan. That, you know, I was literally about to say, because uh-huh. um, I'm watching this documentary on Michael Jordan right now on the Bulls. Sure. And yep. Ed Ruth really reminds, he kind of reminds me of that, of that, that MJ type guy. I mean, his, he was, and he was just a great athlete. I mean, first yeah. of all, that's just, that's just the obvious. Right. Uh, but, but a lot of people don't know about Ed, you know, that I, is he worked extremely hard. I mean, sure. he, he was an extremely hard worker and his success showed from it. Right. Um, he beat me when it counted. You know, I would definitely <laughs> yep. switch, switch the Southern scuffle when, for the, for the national semifinals. So, right. uh, but it was nothing but respect to Ed Ruth and, sure. um, you know, I'm happy that he was able to accomplish what he was able to accomplish. Uh, he's great. He's a great competitor. Yeah, when I, then, I remember uh, when I first uh, and I, when I first watched him wrestle and his just athleticism, his grace, his elegance, like Jordan, it was just yeah. he just looked different than anybody else I'd ever seen on the wrestling mat. It was just stuff incredible. You can't, you can't stuff. You just can't. You, you can't, can't teach. teach man. Yeah. You just can't teach it. It, it, it takes a. The, a one in a, a generational type athlete and uh, just an incredible competitor. Yeah, he's he he's special. He was a special athlete. Definitely definitely changed the sport of wrestling in his own unique way. Sure. And, uh, now he's tearing up the the Bellator world. Right. Uh, right. But you know, when I lost in the finals my senior year, yes, um, it was heartbreak. It was definitely it was heartbreaking. Sure. Um, I I don't believe that I was. The, the thing that I that, that I that I have to live with is that you know I was a big guy on making sure my preparation was was key right um, that I did every little ounce in my maximum possible ability and I don't feel like I, I did for that match um, not taking any credit away from Bo sure. you know, you know, you know, I lost but yeah. um, and that's that's one of the toughest things and it was hard for me to understand after you know, I was in a position, it was the last match of the night, I'm wrestling for my third national title, yep. going to win, most likely win the Hodge Trophy <laughs> right. if I win that match, and uh, there was a lot on the line, and it was really hard for me to understand. The, the rest of my spring, when I got back, um, 
it was it was really hard. Sure. Um, and I was transitioning. You know, I was trying to try to decide if my heart was in international wrestling, which I came to find out it wasn't, and right. transitioning into coaching, which is a completely selfless job. Yes. And um, I never really understood why you know the, the why I lost um, okay. until my younger brother went through his experience this past year. Sure. Um, you know, I needed to make a lot of changes as a young man from being an athlete to a coach. I, I think in wrestling we get caught up in it, not, not purposefully, but it breeds you to have more of a selfish mindset in terms like you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of the team. Right. And um, I personally – it was hard for me to get out of that. And there is like, I don't want to say it's depression, but there is, there's some blues that come with you get done as a competitor and you don't really know where to shift your gears or focus anymore because you're not wrestling for national championships anymore. Right. Um, and you know, you see Michael Phelps talk about, he has, he started, he's a spokesman for a company that helps athletes with this high level athletes. Yep. And, uh, I really struggled with that. And I, made a lot of selfish mistakes my first year out of college i was not the man that i needed to be and god you know god bless my brother mm-hmm. and god for damian Hahn and mike gray and coach cole because you know he still still became an all-american but i know i directly kind of impacted his career in maybe more of a negative way that year because i was still trying to make it about me sure um, sure and there was a moment that i had with my father he was very graceful um, but he sat me down and he told me that he was disappointed in the man that I was becoming. And gotcha. when I have, when you have your biggest, one of your biggest mentors in the, that you look up to really a hero figure to me, uh, tell you that it really makes you take a step back and look at your life in a different perspective. And he said to me, if you don't understand how to live a life of service, you will be unhappy. Right. And it really hit home with me that I was in a career that, you know, I had to put faith in the fact that living a life of service would bring me the ultimate happiness, which I never really fully embraced before until that moment. So I I put my faith in it and I started doing that. And my relationships with um, everybody that I might have hurt before with my selfish actions started to blossom. And I started to really see, you know, what life's purpose really truly is all about and my brother and my brother and i's foundation was rebuilt and we went on this incredible run um and you know ultimately you know it just the best moments i've had in this sport have nothing to do with me winning any kind of championship or accomplishing anything for myself the best moments i've had are when i see my guys um accomplish one of their goals and there's better moments if it's just it's a better it just feels on a whole different kind of level than when you do something for yourself and i knew when my father said that to me that one my career needed to be done and two i needed to completely pour my heart and soul into my profession and and these guys and that's it that's what i that's what i ultimately did my brother and i went through crazy emotions that i'll speak to now with sure um, obviously having um, an incredible upset, uh, the semifinals, and then, you know, turn around and get to Saturday night. Yep. And this is why sports are great for young men. Sure. Um, he was definitely 
the whole day. I don't want to say he was nervous, but he was too excited. And I think he emotionally drained himself going into that match. I could tell about 30 seconds in yep. that it was going to be a struggle. Yes. And Drew Foster capitalized and took advantage and, and was became a national champion that night, and, and Max was not. Yes. And it finally came full circle to me that it was it was good that I lost my senior year so that I could sit down and relate to the feeling that my brother was going through that Which night. he needed it the most at that time, no question. And that was more important that I understood that than winning a third national title and reaping all the glory from that. And that's the brilliance. Important. That's the brilliance of your dad and the candid conversation he had with, with you, that he gave yeah. you that gift to be able to yes. do that for people yes. that you love the most. And, you know, I talk to my dad about it now, and he's like, you know, you don't know how hard it is as a father to tell your son that you're disappointed in him and the man that he's becoming. But it got to that point where you had to hear it. And I'm so happy that he did because it, it, it changed the kind of the trajectory of the kind of man that I was becoming. And uh, I was sit, I, I walked when Max walked off the mat that night, and we found a area, a private area in the back um, halls of the arena, and we sat there. We, you know, I, I finally re I realized that it was important for me to have lost going for that third national championship, so I could sit there and tell him and relate to him and, and help him get out of that and help him over time um, overcome that feeling. And thank God he has uh, two more years of eligibility left, and it's not his last. That wasn't his last moment. Sure. Um, because uh, Matt, it's made him better. It's uh, you know it took a while for him to stop feeling sorry for himself and get over that. Yep. Um, because not because he lost, but because he he knows he let it emotionally the all the drama get to him that day leading up to that, and um, you know it's made him a better wrestler and a better man because of it. Well, so, we're definitely going to hear a lot from Max Dean. There's no question about that. I, I can feel that. No question about that. But, you yeah, know, absolutely. it's interesting. Every every coach that I interview talks about the DNA of a prior coach or a dad. And I know that your dad's DNA obviously is in you, but he's also in you spiritually and philosophically. And that you don't even have to think about it now. It's just part of who you are. And that's what I'm hearing um, in almost every great coach. And it sounds like you're going to be a... You're already a great coach, but even a greater coach uh, because of that. And the ability for that humility to take that lesson from your dad and say, you're right, dad, I got to do better. Yeah, I mean, it was it was to the point where I was either going to be an unhappy and not a good person or I was going to have to change in order to live a life of happiness um, and a life, and that 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 is a life of service. Um, I think you, your your purpose changes as you as you grow older, and I think you finally get to a point where you decide that you're going to completely invest yourself into others and live a life that way than any other way, and that that does change um, the kind of man that you become, and that and and I fully believe that's that's the purest way uh, to live life. And you will always be wealthy. Gabriel, always, because always, of that, and you know, I'll, I'm gonna sh I'm gonna give a shout back to my mother. When I was, when we were children, being raised, and we were kind of feeling down or being a little ornery, she would say, "You know what? To feel better about yourself, go do somebody, go do something nice for somebody else." Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's incredible intuition by right? mom. She obviously understood that. Yep. 
Yep. And yeah. then, you know, coaching, it just, I've never had more. There's nothing. There's nothing. And I've had some successes in business and other things, but there's nothing uh, to see somebody do better than they ever thought they could they could do. And I remember so many times we'd be in the state finals and guys would look at me like, how do we get here? And, we, and we, I just got chills thinking about it. And it's yeah, just, it doesn't, a, it's it a doesn't matter what you accomplish at the end of the day. It's your experience to help others get to their goals is the ultimate feeling of um, not only gratitude, but just uh, happiness. It really is. And I, I was, I was sitting here, I, I took my, one of my chairs and put it on my porch and I'm sitting out there having my coffee this morning. I was thinking about my mom. Sure. Um, and then, um, and my, my mom's and my dad's relationship and everything that they've instilled into not just me, but my, also my younger brother and sister too. And I just really, hope that I can be the type of parents that they were to us and raise my children um, like they did because my brother and sister are um, they're they're more incredible than, than me uh, I, I've, I'm just blown away by what they've that how how they've developed and and their perspective on life at their ages is um, is really just truly special and I, uh, my sister's crushing it in uh, art school That's right awesome. now down in Savannah, Georgia. So sure. I, I'm just super proud uh, to, and grateful to be part of um, something that, and not just my family, but in Cornell Wrestling as well. Sure. And that's so much just bigger than any individual. Uh, it's, it's really something that I what are your uh, What are your parents' names? What are their first names? Uh, Bethany and, and David. Well, shout out to both Bethany and David. We love you for having Gabriel, Max, and what is your sister's name? Uh, Cassie. Cassie, thank you so much. And uh, Gabriel, this has been amazing. You you are a truly uh, extraordinary individual, athlete, and phenomenal coach for our sport, but mostly, more importantly, for men uh, that are going to be graduating and going out into the world at large. That's the big thing about blood time is – that excellence that is out there and is not just one-on-one. -on -one. It is exponential. And that's what this sport can really give and, and has given me. And I think it's given you that same thing. Uh, you obviously understand it. Uh, and thank you very much for your kind words. And um, thank you for having me on your, your podcast. It, this was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. Well, Gabriel, good luck with the Dean's List. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, good luck with Cornell Wrestling. Give my best to Coach Cole and all the marvelous athletes and human beings that have uh, come and gone into the program. Uh, have fun up in Ithaca. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, and uh, good luck, man. Hey, thank you so much. And, and, you know, good luck to you over in Cleveland and in Ohio, man. Good luck to you. We are Blood. This is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Love to all on this Mother's Day. I want to share with you my thought of the day. Agendas are a thing of the past. It's time for authentic humanity. Sports stars. They're like superheroes. But they're actually real. Which is why we've made a podcast about them. You see, they've all got a story. But too many of these stories were cut short. Kobe Bryant. Payne Stewart. Flo jo, Phil Hughes. Justin Fashionew. We're writing episodes about all of them. And sadly, many more. Death of a Sports Star. A new series from Crowd Network.